0: Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. It's just like a, it's a unicorn horn on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> on the camera.
1: Brilliant. I'm like a horse right now. Like there's been a, like a carrot. Well, you are a of horse. Of and I'm supposed to go walking now. Did you not know that? I did not Beforehand? Know. I did not know that I was not a horse. Well, it turns out you are. But then again, does a horse know that it's a horse or that it's not a human? Maybe it has no idea. That's a good question. Maybe I am a horse. What is a horse?
0: What's that what's that term? Like just like self awareness or or consciousness? I don't don't self-actualization. Well I've heard it called like the human brain is the lens that can see itself. Huh. But all other animals, at least from what we know and can tell,
1: can't do that themselves. Yeah, there are only like a handful of other animals who are smart enough to recognize that a mirror is a reflection. I just, I just can't
0: picture Ed Sullivan sitting there going, "I think, therefore I am." Like, I think they just think in different ways, hmm. and not really about their being. I don't know. More just about instincts and wants and fears and things like that.
1: Yes, on this episode of Horsecast, we're going to talk about <laughs> how conscious horses are. I don't want to start a horse podcast. It's done. Please no. It's now the horse cast. No, and not to be confused with like a horse that broke its leg. Oh yeah, it's not a cast for horses unless the horse wants to listen to it. Um, I wonder how many
0: horse owners even talking about horse force their horses oh, wait, to remember. listen to horse podcasts. Yeah, you sometimes know, I think about little like little quirks of statistics. Like there are so many people in the world that. It is highly probable that at least one person does a certain thing. Yeah. And I just find that funny. Yep. Just some horse out there with headphones and the owner's just like, I know you're going to love listening to this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> horse headphones. Anyway, um, we're going to do a different episode today, Martin. It's about horses. I already told you this. The no. Cast. No.
0: I refuse. I refuse to do this. This is a hostile takeover of my business. I resent this and I will fight against it. You know, I had to fight against something on my other podcast the other day, too. Was it also a horse cast? No. Um, So, Andrew on Listen Money Matters, he and I were doing an episode about, I think we're doing an episode about um, lifestyle businesses versus growth-minded businesses, because we've been doing this whole month about starting an online business and being an entrepreneur, and I wanted to highlight the difference between people who start businesses to fund a certain type of lifestyle Versus people who start businesses to get big fast and are more of like a startup mentality kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, he started thinking up stupid domain names in the episode. And he ended up thinking of the name moneypredator.com. Oh, I know why this was. uh, Because I'm I'm reading the book about amazon.com right now. It's called The Everything Store. And there's a story in that book about how Barnes & Noble... The founders of Barnes and Noble wanted to name their website, which was set up to be a competitor to Amazon. They wanted to name it bookpredator.com, which is the dumbest name I've I ever heard of word for a website.
1: Predator is not. Yeah, it's a bad name. It doesn't sound that friendly. There's just like nothing but bad connotations there all yeah, around. Every connotation I thought of immediately <laughs> was bad.
0: <laughs> but Andrew's like, what if I got moneypredator.com? And then he spent the entire episode trying to make that a thing and uh I'm not standing for it that sounds I don't like
1: it really sketchy to be the money predator I don't it does it really does I don't think I would trust the money predator but all
0: I'm trying to say is I'm dealing with mutiny on all sides here yeah I have one co-host trying to make well, the dumbest domain name a thing and I've got another one trying to turn my podcast into a radio show for horses well that's I've lost control of my life I think it is except for how many horses
1: are Like, the potential audience of horses. Well, I'm not saying it's a good business decision. That's true. But I am saying it's a blue ocean strategy. That is true. No one's tried
0: this. Can you explain what a blue ocean strategy is for the people who don't know what that is?
1: Oh, we're going to start something crazy and brand new. We got no competitors. It's a sea of opportunities, y'all. Horse cast. I suppose so. Episode one. See, I have this
0: feeling that if I go on iTunes and search for Horsecast, I will find something.
1: Well, then it won't be a Blue Ocean strategy, and I will be sad. I have to look. Actually, we gotta look. Horse Horsecast Horse podcast, and they beat me to it. Horse.
0: <laughs> there's there's a bunch of Horsecast. Oh, oh. See, now it's just obvious. Because, oh no! Is this like
1: My Little Pony yeah. stuff?
0: Yeah, the Bronies oh. beat you to it. Sorry, it's Mm. not a blue ocean strategy. They took my business plan. And the pond that you're wading into is one that I will not be joining you in. That is not
1: a blue ocean in the slightest. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) I concede. Stay
0: away. I concede. (laughs) Anyway, okay. So we are going to do a different kind of of episode this week. Um, Normally we take a few questions from our readers and we discuss them and it's kind of a variety show. But we are less than two weeks away from
1: moving. Oh, yes, very and, much less than two weeks. It's like 11 days. Yeah, as we
0: record this. I mean, what's our what's our recording schedule? Like, I think this would be going out on the 10th of April, I want to yes. say. Yes,
1: yes. So we'll be moved.
0: Yeah, by the time people listen to this, we're going to be moved. But as we're recording this, we've got 11 days. And I thought that since we're in the thick of it, it would be a good idea for us to talk about all the considerations that we've been thinking about when it comes to moving to a new state. Or just moving in general, because I think this is something that a lot of students are going to go through either uh, during their school career or more likely when they graduate and try to find a job somewhere. So let's do an episode about how to move. Yes, let's. Now this, I think we are in a bit of a different situation because we're not in the common situation where you're looking for a job and the job draws you to a new place. yes. And I think that happens for a lot of people. Most of our friends are good examples of that. Our friend Kimberly just went to Seattle for a job. Shout um, out to Kimberly. Yeah. P.S. Ryan T. Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? I don't know if you listen to this podcast. I don't know. But if we'll you do, see. hi. <laughs> I want to come visit. Um, a lot of our friends moved up to Minneapolis. One of our friends moved down to Kansas City. And one of our friends moved out to Las Vegas. All for a job. Yeah. But ours was different. So... I know that I wanted to move to Denver because I have always wanted to live near mountains or an ocean because I've been tired of living in like flat landlocked Iowa for my entire life. And I've always wanted to be able to either ski or surf. Um, And for me, the decision to go with Denver rather than somewhere like San Diego was twofold. Number one, Denver is cheaper than San Diego. It's still definitely more expensive than Iowa, but it is cheaper than San Diego at least. Yeah, at least in the areas I would want to live in in San Diego. Uh, And also, I just having visited both places, and I think it actually is pretty good to be able to visit someplace before you move there. I ended up liking the seasons. I thought, you know, in my head that like summer all the time in San Diego would be amazing. But I kind of missed the seasons, like just being out there on a visit. I mean, it was like November and I'm like, it's not even chilly. There's yeah. no leaves falling up the trees. It's summer right here. Yeah,
1: I could see that. Honestly, the the seasons are like a big part of this is an important thing for me because I like them. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to lose autumn. It's my favorite.
0: I do like autumn. Mm-hmm. And um, otherwise, you know, on the other hand, I've also got some friends out in Denver. So that was another big consideration. Um, some of my entrepreneurial friends already live out there. So that was a definite plus. But I remember for me, the decision to do it now came down to uh, having a conversation with my girlfriend because we had been thinking about potentially just moving within Iowa, staying in Des Moines, and just getting a place of our own. But I had a talk with Andrew, who usually has pretty good ideas other than Money Predator because he's 30 or 31 and has more life experience than me. And he was like, you should talk to your girlfriend about what she wants for the long term and have a conversation about where you're actually going to move so we did that and we both came to the conclusion that we both didn't want to stay in Iowa forever so what's the point of like having an interim move between wherever
1: we're going to end up and where we are right now yeah so, so why, why move within Iowa again yeah exactly because it probably would have been without a clear reason to stay yep it probably
0: would have been moved to an apartment in Des Moines for like a year and then eventually move somewhere else yeah and I was pretty bummed about that because it would have meant leaving my roommates, who I'm good friends with, but then getting really nothing all that exciting in return Yeah. in terms of like a new home. It's like, oh, it's the same home, but now I'm a half an hour drive away from my friends.
1: Hooray. Yay.
0: <laughs> Aw, shucks. <laughs> this is great. So we just started looking at the map and making a shortlist of cities. I had Portland on that shortlist because I like Portland for everything other than the weather. And the weather was like the deal breaker because it's just constantly rainy and cloudy there. Um, I did like San Diego, but Denver kind of came up and in particular Boulder came up because my friend Matt lives out in Boulder and Boulder is right nestled up against the mountains. You can basically walk from the center of downtown to a mountain trail in about 20 minutes on foot if you want. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's a really cool town. So we drove out there, we toured some apartments, we checked out the town and we really liked it, but it was really, really expensive. So my girlfriend, being very smart, decided to book some tours in Longmont, which is like another smallish town about 20 minutes north of Boulder, but also a few tours down in Denver. So we went and toured the places in Longmont, and it kind of felt like another Iowa there. Really? Like, it's nice there, but Longmont isn't a big city, so it doesn't feel like Denver. Um, And Boulder feels like a weird, I don't know what Boulder feels like. Waterfield is like a weird mix between like Silicon Valley and a bunch of like hippies. And I don't know. I like it, but it's a weird town and it's right up against the mountains, whereas Longmont is actually northeast. So you kind of get away from the mountains. You're still kind of on the front range and you can see them, but it's not a super quick drive to get to them. Uh. And also it just has a more normal, small townish feel. So I was like, that could be a, you know, a potential place to move, but it seems not very exciting like the novelty yeah not, not as cool coming like from i think Iowa. i think shaking up the system and really Snash i don't know having some si- having some kind of cool change happen when you move is something to look forward to and i know it's gonna get me out of certain habits it's gonna challenge me and i just felt like going to a town like longmont would diminish that because it felt too much like my same old city here in in Ankeny
1: yeah if you're gonna do something big like move halfway across the country you probably shouldn't feel exactly (laughs) the same unless unless you want to but I wouldn't bother moving that far if it wasn't for something new yeah and I guess the way I could could, uh, connect this back to somebody who's looking for
0: jobs because I think you know again the vast majority of people who are gonna move are gonna move because they're looking for a job obviously if you get one job you may have to move to wherever that job is located. But if you have multiple offers on the table, there's definitely an argument to be made for prioritizing the one that's in a more exciting place over maybe one that pays a little bit better or something like that, but it's in a bad place. And a good story I can tell you about that is from when we still lived in Ames at the old crappy apartments. So you remember our friend, Joel would always want to go to the pool like every single day. Oh, yeah, Every day. <laughs> Every single day. All the time. You guys want to go to the pool? Uh, so one day he said, let's go to the pool. I said, okay, because I almost always said okay. And we went out there, and there was this guy who was visiting a friend, um, but he had graduated the previous semester. And for whatever reason, I got to talking to him, and he said, yeah, I graduated with an electrical engineering degree, and I got a job in this small town about two hours east or west of here in Iowa. And I hate my life right now because the job pays well but the town has literally nobody my age in it it's all older people i have basically no friends nothing in common with anybody and the only time i have fun is when i drive a couple of hours to go back here and see my
1: friends a couple of hours is a long time to have to drive to see any friends yeah that's awful yeah and that just kind of put this idea in
0: my mind that you have to think about your life holistically when you're making a decision of where you're gonna move or what kind of job you're gonna accept, because the job and the money and the salary and even the benefits of the job aren't the whole picture. They can seem like the whole picture because you're so scared and you have so much anxiety about just getting a job a lot of the time. Yeah. And hopefully paying off your student loans, but there's a lot more to consider when you have a job offer on the table and where you're going to live and the type of people you're going to live around and what you have available to do in town. That's a big consideration. And I put a lot of thought into that for me personally, but I think it's something people should put into the equation onto the scales, even when they've got a job offer on the table and hopefully multiple job offers. Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, we kind of crossed Longmont off the list. We crossed Boulder off the list because Boulder is Ridiculously that's, expensive. That's more
1: expensive, right? Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, we, we toured one two-bedroom apartment that was like $2,700 a month. And we're, we were like, that is not...
1: We're already raising our cost <laughs> of living. I don't, I don't see a need to raise it several levels all at once. Yeah, that that's just not going to happen. That's not... So we we'll went we'll down to Denver. Older. It'll be fine. And I think
0: Anna had just kind of arbitrarily picked apartments off of apartments.com that looked cool. We did three tours. And the third building that we toured we loved and still more expensive than Ankeny, but nowhere near Boulder levels. Yeah. And then you guys came out and toured it. And I think I was pretty correct when I said you guys would like it a lot as well. Oh yeah. And, uh, now I here, here we are immediately. Lease is signed. Both of us are moving into that building in just over a week. And, uh, yeah. Oh man. The fruits of all that planning have finally Sprouted, blossomed, what's the word? Thrown. <laughs>
1: <don't> <laughs> they uh did something. They did they something. Did, they did and something. Now everything is hectic for the next like eleven days. Yeah, it's true. But then it's gonna be awesome.
0: So before we dig into all the technical bits and the things to consider, I'm curious. Like I remember coming home from that conversation with Anna, and I was really scared to tell you guys that I wanted to move to Denver because I think like our friend group kind of had this notion that everyone would be in town for a while longer. Yeah. So I was like, Ugh, I really don't want to tell my friends I'm leaving them at some point soon. But guys, I think I'm going to move to Denver. And then you were like, huh, we were also thinking about maybe yeah, moving
1: to Denver. It was, a, it was a really weird coincidence. Three. And, there, and then there was a couple other friends that we have that had coincidentally thought of Denver on their own as well. Mm-hmm. But well, it's a really and popular city into it
0: it's growing really fast and uh, also being in the midwest like it's not like we're in new jersey or something selecting cities yeah so denver is like the coolest if you go straight west it's probably the coolest city that you hit first because i'm not counting omaha sorry to anybody well, in omaha but
1: well, i grew up next to omaha yeah you so grew up next to omaha once again <laughs> no novelty I'm not going to, like, leave half my friends behind for what I grew up with.
0: Yeah, that would be like moving back home,
1: which that's, is basically I what I did. I don't want to do that. i that's sorry that you had to do that. Yeah, I went
0: to school right here in this city, and now I moved back here just because it was convenient for everyone's work commutes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't regret it because I got to spend more time with my mom and everything, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a shake-up to the system. It didn't mess. It didn't challenge me really at all. I know this town so well, like I can drive the back roads to literally anywhere in town. Like it's, it's easy. Yeah. So I wanted something challenging, but I'm curious, like what made you select Denver? Personally,
1: the reason that I had been looking at Denver was because off and on, I would uh, toy with the idea of various language related things being me who is constantly thinking about language related things. And, There were two things, actually. One was the DELE. It's an exam put forth and sponsored or run by the Cervantes Institute in Spain, I believe. Mm. But it it certifies your level of Spanish fluency, essentially. It's a test you can take. You get a little certification. And so I kind of just want to take that for the sake of doing it. I don't really have a solid reason what I need it for. I just just want it. I want to win it. And... Then there's the CELTA, which is the uh, Cambridge-founded—it's a class that prepares you to teach English as a foreign language. Mm -hmm. And I had some strong inclinations toward checking that sort of thing out. And when I was looking up, where can I take these things? I wanted to take them. Oh, look, I cannot do this in Des Moines. I can't do this in Iowa. I can't do uh, this—where do we got? We've got one you can take in Chicago, one you can take them in Vermont, you could take them up at the Pacific Northwest— but the first city that I saw where they were both offered that didn't seem like too much of a stretch, but mm-hmm. seemed like a big enough change was Denver. And I know Denver has the seasons that I like. I know Denver has way more nature than I've seen before growing up in Iowa. And I haven't even seen the oceans or anything or oh, big right. mountains or anything. So Denver already is a pretty big jump for me. And it has both of the the exams and the classes that I'm looking for. And I just couldn't get them here. I had to leave at some point. I didn't know it yeah. was going to be this soon, but I was looking and it, I was I was strongly leaning toward Denver already because it would have the four seasons that I want just kind of all more interesting than Iowa. Iowa plus plus for me.
0: That's a good way to,
1: to represent it, I think. Yeah. So are those full classes that you have to take for several weeks at a time then? or One, the Spanish certification is just a test that okay. I sign up and take. The other one is a month-long class full-time Monday to Friday oh wow and you have like six hours or so of of like in-person teaching people where Mm -hmm. they they watch how you're teaching and it's a big intense thing but I want to do it and I have been recently to test out whether I really like that I had been volunteering to teach English at a local church to immigrants and I really enjoyed it so I still am interested in doing this but yeah you always seem pretty stoked every
0: time you come back from one of those classes
1: yeah I'm always really annoyed I have to wake up to to go somewhere on those days but then i come back and i'm like it was worth it that was a good idea i think i've noticed
0: that being a thing with everyone i know who signs up to do anything yeah like the the hour or so before they have to go do it they're just like i don't want to do that
1: and then when they come back they're so glad they did it yeah (laughs) i've I've had that to force myself to do things anyway because i know i know that i'm I've got some stuff to work out. My sleep Mm schedule is broken. Everything's kind of a mess until we move. But I still need to force myself to get out of the house.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that's a good way to do it. I remember when I was in college, I took a ROTC physical fitness class. Now, I was a civilian, but I was working out with mainly people who were in the military uh, as part of that ROTC program on campus. And the class started at 6 a.m. every single morning. So as I was pissed every time. day that I had to wake up for that. Yeah. Uh, and I can I can get up at five thirty, you know, I that's fine, but this was fresh. No, this was this was sophomore year of college. Uh so it was still in the dorms. And I remember I would be trying to go to sleep and people were in the room playing Call of Duty at eleven PM or eleven thirty PM. Yeah. So, I learned to fall asleep to that kind of stuff, but it was still difficult to wake up at 5.30 when I wasn't getting to sleep till 11.30 midnight sometimes. Yeah, but it can be good. Yeah, and so, I mean, waking up for that class was tough, but when I'd get done with the workout, I felt great. And, like, my energy level and my motivation for starting the day was just sky high. So there's a lot of value in stuff that you have resistance to doing right up front, I think. yeah. But yeah,
1: so do you think that you would have waited to move had we not been doing it as well? Well, I think I would have waited had I not been injured, had I not messed up my arms for a while. Oh, yeah. Because had I not messed up my arms, I'd likely be at my previous job still completely satisfied in Des Moines for at least another year or two. But I I was going to do something because I wanted to go forth in a languagey direction, Mm -hmm. which... I didn't want to necessarily go straight back to school for, you yeah. know, I wanted to do something different and more specific like that class.
0: And we made this decision to move before you started working with me, right? You know, cause I, you started working with me back in February last year. So you've been doing about a year, year and a month, I think at this point. Yeah. And I want to say we made this decision at the near the end of 2015. So I think it's been like, in planning stages for quite a while, yeah, and we were thinking about doing it at you know I think it was like going to be the end of December at one point, and then we yeah, pushed like it back. I barely and,
1: even remember at this point.
0: Yeah, there's all these things, but anyway, so yeah, I mean that's it's cool to see that you had really different yeah, reasons for so coming out than I did it's, at least
1: it's kind of career related in a way it's yeah. a weird side hobby career but it's still a, a more or less career related thing that's pushing me there because that's where the stuff is it's the best place for you to go well, I didn't to wanna, advance your the closest language Chicago career. and Denver and I I have a lot more positives for Denver yeah. than Chicago well yeah like, mountains mountains and stuff all all the super awesome nature
0: yeah, even though the Great Lakes look like oceans when you're standing on the pier, they aren't oceans and you can't surf on them. At least I've never seen anyone surfing on them. Maybe you can. I'm not sure now that I say that.
1: But yeah, you don't, don't think know. of the Great Lakes as being know. a
0: surf destination.
1: <laughs> Denver Denver called to me. The mountains were calling. Yep. Yeah, and your girlfriend must, made a pretty good art of it. that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I remember when I was out there, the first time I was like, this place is awesome. I love all the brick. I love just like, I don't know, there's the mountains right at your window. There's tons of good breweries. Like it's, it's a great place. So uh, what I want to talk about is like finding the place to live because you've selected the city and I remember feeling this in particular, I would look at all the apartment listings available and it was like the most overwhelming thing in the world, it's especially the in a city that size. Cause you don't know, you don't know where you're supposed to live. You don't know what neighborhoods are good. You don't know the proximity to all the things you're going to want based on where you're going to like the apartments you select. So I want to talk a bit about some of the research we did, some of the tools we used for finding and narrowing down those apartment choices. Yeah. So I think the first thing that Anna and I did was we just started looking on apartments.com and Zillow.com. And I think those are the main ones. There may have been, I think she may have looked on Craigslist as well but apartments.com and then Zillow.com are the best ones. If you're gonna use Zillow, you wanna turn off the the, um, the filters for houses and like condos and stuff and just put rentals, but it's still a good way to do it. And you do wanna use multiple tools because not every property manager or house owner, whoever's putting the, the apartment up for rent uses the same marketplace. Yeah. So you might find something on Zillow that you're not gonna find on apartments.com. You might find something on Craigslist. You might get kidnapped on Craigslist. So I don't know, but <laughs> well, it'll say. I think it'll say somewhere in there. We will kidnap you if you tour this apartment. Just yeah. as long as you're cool with that, show up. But I just want to let you know.
1: You know, yeah, it's nobody, like a seventy percent chance would be we'll dishonest kidnap. Honest, that they'll tell you up front. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah.
0: But uh, so we use both of those. And another thing that I did is I basically started obsessively looking through the Denver forum board on City Data. And uh, I want to remember the, I can't remember if it's .org or .com, so let me check real quick. So city, city-data.com, that's what it is. And you can go to citydata.com, you can put in any city you want, it's actually really cool, you can see population statistics, you can see average weather over every single month. Um, let me Let me look at it real quick, because I want to remember exactly what all you can see on here, but it's really cool here. Yeah, population, you can see pictures, you can see crime data, you can see the actual city lines and stuff like that. Um, Population, like mixing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But the best thing that I think city data provides is the forum, because every city has a forum, there's a lot of people on it, and there's a lot of people who haven't moved to that city yet putting questions in there and then getting lots of good answers from people who do live there. So if you have a question, there's probably already somebody who's asked that question on that forum um, and if not, you can ask it yourself. So I just spent tons of time scrolling through all the threads that interested me on the city data forum for Denver and also Yelp conversations. I think it's called, hmm. I want to say, but yeah, a lot of questions about certain cities will end up on Yelp and also Quora. So one thing that I looked oh, up yeah. is what is the best neighborhood to live in, in Denver? Cause when you're looking at the whole city, it's just like, you can't wrap your mind around it. It's too big. But once you can get some opinions from people saying, like, oh, yeah, Washington Park is a good neighborhood, Capitol Hill is a good neighborhood. You know, if you go all the way out to Aurora, you're going to be kind of far from all the stuff that's fun. You can start to represent, I don't know, you can sort of like divide the city in your head and start to narrow down some places that might be more desirable than others. Um, you can also start to figure out, like, what's the budget range for certain neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. So we've got a couple of friends that we met who now live in Denver. And they live down in Centennial, I think, and they were saying like, oh, the prices down here are 800 bucks a month less than the median price up in like Washington Park or some more central city or like right downtown. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, well, my budget is this, you can start to narrow down what neighborhood might actually serve you with that in mind. So we did that. I started to get some like neighborhoods in my head and then Anna would just start starring apartments on. Um, apartments.com and Zillow. And then another thing we did is we made a list of all the things we cared about in Evernote. So that included like we need garage parking, we need, uh, we, we want um, in unit washer dryer. What else do we want? I don't remember all the things we wanted, but we made like a list and then we gave them prioritization scores. So things like allowed to have a cat that isn't declawed that is priority number one. Yeah, uh, must no be two-bedroom, right? And then I remember we tu- we, we uh, toured one- that one of those apartments in Boulder, one of the selling points was that it was built to condo spec. And I didn't know what that meant, but what that apparently means is that it's built with concrete walls and concrete foundations, uh, you know, floor and ceiling. And that means you have
1: way, 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 way less noise coming through the walls. Oh, so the walls are... Basically, the, yeah. The opposite of anywhere I've lived for the last like exactly. Years. Yep. No paper thin
0: walls. And I didn't know that was a thing. But when that feature was touted to me, that became a high priority for me. Now, I don't think everyone needs to have concrete spec wa- or condo spec walls as a high priority for their apartment. But as somebody who makes videos and podcasts, not having noises come through the walls is actually pretty high, excuse me, priority for me. Yeah. So that went higher on the list. And um, luckily, one of the places we found did have that even in Denver. So that was pretty cool. But once we had that priority list, we could start to narrow things down on apartments.com, which helped us to not have to tour a zillion places in Denver. How many we end up a- touring? We only toured three places in person in Denver. Okay. So we just toured three. like it's three like others. 20 no, no, no. We toured insane. like
1: three in Boulder, three in Denver, and one in Longmont. So you had to pick the most important ones and then you, you narrowed it down and then you toured like the top contenders? Um, yes and no. So we did a
0: little bit of the narrowing down and then toured in Denver, and then um that was probably over a year ago at this. Actually, I don't even know how long ago it was, but it was it was a good this, while ago. This move's been a long time coming. It's, yeah, we've been planning this for a while. And in that time, I spent probably more time than I needed to looking at more and more apartments on apartments.com. My starred list is like a mile long and just like looking at floor plans, trying to figure out what the square footage per per dollar would be the neighborhoods, all that kind of stuff. So I know the ins and outs of a lot of apartments, but we haven't been back with the uh, opportunity to tour. So we ended up just going with the one that we liked best on that first little tour run. Yeah. You know, and that's and, where you guys are moving to, so.
1: Yeah, and I only ever really looked at, like, three others before <laughs> settling on the one that I liked and to you, begin with. And you never toured anything except for the one that we're moving to, right? No, I think my philosophy with picking an apartment was a little, little more lax than yours, because I was just like, here's what I want. I want minimum stuff that I like. I want a nice neighborhood with stuff, stores that I like around me. And yeah. basically, other than that, I don't care. I'll get rid of a bunch of my stuff. I don't care how much square footage I'm getting. I care that I can sleep somewhere nice next to stores I like and that I'm in Denver. Because once I'm in Denver, it would be really easy to tour other apartments, mm. really easy to explore other parts of the city and get a feel myself. I just wanted yeah. a decent decent starting point, And that first one checked all my boxes. So I was like, why why stress myself out? Like, yeah, looking at all these other apartments. When I could just blindly pick this one and save a lot of time. And I think it's good that you say that because,
0: like, I'm an overly analytical person in almost every aspect. Uh, but I do remember you saying, like, the apartment we go to first is the get us into the city apartment. And yeah, once you're in the it's city, agile. it's agile you, development moving. Exactly. But once you're in the city, you have a ton of benefits that you don't have before you're in the city. Number one, you're local. So, if you want to change careers, then you'll be able to make a much more rational decision about where you want to live or work based on distance yeah. because the commute is something to think about. But also, once you're in the city, you can easily go scope out a neighborhood. You can easily go do a tour and you kind of know where everything is. Yeah. Like, Whereas like with Denver, I'm just like, how far away is that from the
1: city center? I don't really know. Yeah, you can Google Maps <laughs> it all you want, but it's not the same as knowing it. And when we went and visited... And one of the things we did was walk around that neighborhood, to yeah. that apartment. Just, okay, let's pretend we lived here. What would it be like to walk to the tea shop? What would it be like to find the nearest park? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You get a real feel for it. And if you're already in the city, you could do that with every neighborhood without having to pay for Airbnbs or hotels.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so if you're overly analytical like me, because I know there is a, there's the type of person who would much rather move into town and just explore and maybe that's the better way to do it. I don't know. Well I having like... played a lot of Breath of the Wild,
1: I think exploring and finding new things is oh. kind of fun. Well, I think the exploring is a little less I'm not gonna be climbing all over buildings. And <laughs> that's stuff. true. What if but... you did though? Then I will be scared. <laughs> because I am unfortunately not Toby Maguire and I will fall.
0: We could go to the university and try to find like the biology department. Maybe
1: they have some weird spiders there that yeah, can bite. Maybe you. that's Maybe that's exactly where my future's headed. I don't Can know.
0: I have some spiders bite me, please? I'm hoping like one of them will well, you know, shift the my DNA you around.
1: about How many people you think have actually gone to, <laughs> gone to a department asked that? More than one. It's more than one. I bet you that happens
0: pretty often, yeah. actually. As a, At least a joke. Must. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what I do, or have been doing, is I know where my apartment is. So I've been on Google Maps and then... I made a list of all the places that I go to frequently here in Iowa. So, like, my coffee shops, grocery stores, place to get my haircut, all that kind of stuff. And then I went on Google Maps, and I just, like, sort of drugged the map around looking for the closest location of that where I'm going to live.
1: So now I know. You're establishing your neighborhood. Grocery
0: store is going to be, you know, half a mile away. And if I say any other things, people can triangulate where I live. So I'm not going to say a zillion more things.
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Basically, I I have an idea now of where most of the things that I'm going to need on a regular basis are, and that was a really big factor in, like, actually making the decision to sign the lease because I have, like, one of my biggest values, actually, like, top, top priority was living in a place that was walkable, where I do not have to get in my car and drive somewhere anytime I want to go somewhere. Beautiful. And also be able to just walk outside and see interesting things on my morning walks, like, I used to walk every single morning as part of my morning routine with a podcast or an audiobook, and I loved it. And I don't like doing it here because we live in like suburbia
1: and yeah. it's just the most boring thing ever, you know? Mm-hmm. There's freshly rolled there's out, just no lawn. life, freshly planted trees. And those trees might be beautiful in like 10 years or so. But yeah. right now, everything is just like you just built a new neighborhood in The Sims and nothing's really going on yet. And that's what it is.
0: They're vertical twigs. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, we're. I remember when I was in high school, the place we are sitting right now was a cornfield. Yeah. This is so new. It has no history. (laughs) It has no character. Mm -hmm. You know, so and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining it's a nice house, but it's, I really do want to live somewhere that's walkable where I don't have to drive somewhere every single time.
1: Yeah. Well, nothing against this house. It's just. personal values this place is a fantastic place if say we were raising a family or something absolutely yeah fantastic but for my current values and for what i assume to be yours doesn't line up as well with Mm -hmm. what we could be doing right now
0: yeah so i think it's important to think about what your values are not just in terms of is there a washer dryer in the unit you know can i afford it can my cat be there but also like what's the location like yeah, what Are you going to be close to, like, want? do you really want to have a basketball gym nearby? You know, do you play basketball? Well, what's the proximity to a park? I just found out, and I think I said this on a different episode, uh, there's a parkour gym like oh, yeah. two and a half miles away from where we're going to live. That's awesome. Woo. Like, damn. <laughs> I'm going to go there. I didn't even think about that yeah, because that's not a thing to search for. That's not a thing in Iowa. Like, So uh, another thing I was thinking about when it comes to prioritization is uh, what's your cost of living going to be? And this is something that can factor into your your choice of jobs to take, because let's say that you have a job offer in Madison, Wisconsin for fifty thousand dollars a year and you've got a job offer in San Francisco for eighty thousand dollars a year. The Madison job actually pays more. Yeah. Because the cost of living by a bit. from Madison to San Francisco, that increase is ridiculous. Uh, and actually, so you can go on, uh, what is it called? Is it Numbio, I think? If I do cost of living comparison, I think it's on Numbeo possibly. Yes, numbio.com is N U M B E O.com. So if I go ahead and put Madison, Wisconsin, and then I compare it to San Francisco, uh, let's see what results I get here register to continue. That's stupid. All right. So here we go. You would need around $8,000 in San Francisco to maintain the same standard of life that you could have with $3,900 in Madison, Wisconsin. So you need to make more than double what you would make in Madison in San Francisco to have the same standard of living. And I've seen the
1: rent prices there. They're insane. Yeah, I think I've heard of people making like six digits and having to get a roommate for certain yeah. places. <laughs> that's absurd. That is what the
0: Silicon Valley startup culture has done to that city. It is. is uh, I heard recently times like a million. I heard recently that it is more expensive to live there than New York now, and I'm not mm. sure if that's true. I could probably look it up on Numbeo, but I don't want to put too many yeah, clicking that place noises is in no, there.
1: It's never been anywhere near any list of something that I'd likely live in.
0: But yeah, and I mean this, this is partly. Um, averaged out. So you can obviously look at neighborhood statistics inside of a city. I mean, you you'll get average statistics for, say, Denver, but the rent you're going to pay in Washington Park or downtown is going to be quite a bit higher than the rent you're going to pay out in Centennial or Aurora or like Lincoln or one of those other kind of like suburbs that are basically part of the city. So do your research. But when you are comparing job offers or when you're comparing cities just for other reasons, go run a cost of living comparison both with where you live now and against the multiple places that you are comparing because you might be surprised.
1: Yeah, well, it's easy to have a gut instinct that says that $30,000 difference, I, I should take that, but then mm-hmm. you're actually losing quite a bit. Yeah, so that that is important to note. So we've been going for
0: 42 minutes. I'm going to make you edit for hours. No, I could seriously, okay. I could talk about this for so long, but there's a few more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, and those are the way that I'm organizing this move so I already did say that one of the things I did is I looked at Where I'm gonna live and then I started just kind of searching the immediate radius around there and starring things on Google Maps That I wanted to like save and I think that's a really good thing to do unless you're one of those Super exploratory kind of people, you know, if you're that kind of person then definitely go in blind. That's fine uh, but personally I have a giant list of stars here on Google Maps. Oh, yeah. And not just for boring stuff. I mean, I do have like the grocery store marked and I've got like a few other things marked. Gotta have GameStop marked, of course. But uh, I think this actually resulted in me finding something I would not have otherwise found because I just got curious one day and I was like, I wonder if there were any DDR machines in Denver. And I couldn't find anything. There was basically nothing. So I was like, crap. Okay, I guess I'm screwed. Uh, and then... I just typed into Google Maps, arcade. And you and I have already gone to the arcade bar called The One Up, yep, which is downtown. There's a second location in Colfax. It's awesome. It's basically like the one in our town pretty much, except for they don't have cool pun named drinks. Yeah, they
1: didn't, they didn't have that yet. We should tell them. Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell them. We'll charge them for that idea. I'll charge them free drinks.
0: Uh, free drinks and 20% care. of
1: your profits.
0: And uh, the idea is name your drinks after video games. Somebody else is going to that deal up. Princess Punch or the Punch Out. That's a better one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I typed in Arcade into Google Maps in Denver, and it just gives you a bunch of different uh, options here. So I just started going through the list, and one of them looked like it was a bowling alley, but then I looked into it, and what it turned out to be was literally a Japanese arcade. Pretty That's much. not a bowling alley. Like, it has a bowling alley in it, And its name has bowling first before the amusement quote, which I guess just covers everything else. So it's like round one, bowling and amusement. And I'm like, all right, I'll just look at it because I'm curious. And uh, having been to Japan three times, I can tell you this accurately. They have all the games from Japan. Ooh, like it's ridiculous. And they have brand new DDR machines, brand new pump it up machines. So like I can go play those and I would not have otherwise discovered that place. If I hadn't have been just poking around Google Maps. This is so, exciting
1: because I haven't seen that place still. So I still get the novelty of seeing it for the first time. I, yeah. I, also it's, I haven't been to Japan. Therefore, I get twice the novelty. That's true. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what it's going to... I can't get that feeling that you're going to get.
0: Because my first exposure to an arcade like that was in Japan. Yeah. So everything was like so foreign to me. Uh, And then this being in America, I was like, what? This is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. But actually, round one is a Japanese company. So that is why... They basically just shipped over a bunch of their machines and started some stores in America, which is pretty sweet. Uh, But yeah, so Google Maps stars can help you sort of map the location where you're going to be and know where stuff is. That can be pretty useful. And then the big thing for organizing the move, I think, is you should use Trello to create lists of things you need to do. And the way that mine is organized is I've got a board called Moving to Denver, and then I've got lists for different things. So I have a Iowa related list that talks about like the services I need to cancel. So I don't forget to like cancel the water utilities and internet utilities. So I'm not paying extra for multiple months. Um, scheduling like a house cleaning so we don't get charged for moving out, like leaving a dirty house. Yeah. There were like several issues I needed to bring up with the, um, the property manager. Uh, buying boxes, scheduling the U-Haul rental, which I will also give you this tip. Schedule your U-Haul until like a month out, especially if you are in a college town and you're moving out right after graduation. There are a zillion other people graduating and all of them are going to need U-Hauls. So hard to get the it wasn't hard for me because I scheduled it like a month and a half in advance. Hmm. Like I ordered the U-Haul back in February. Cool. But I do remember when I had to move to college like freshman year, the first time ever, we didn't realize that everyone else would be moving to college because we didn't think of that. I guess we were dumb. And the U-Haul place was like, yeah, most of our stuff got booked out
1: a really long time ago. Oh. So. With that nice condescending condescending tone from the person <laughs> behind the desk. Yeah, you dumb. What's your problem, boy? Uh, so we got really lucky. What they told us at the time is
0: all we have is a trailer. Like, not a closed U-Haul box, not a truck, like literally just a trailer that's open to the elements so we were thinking oh my gosh we're gonna have to get tarps and like stack everything on there and tie it down with a ton of ropes and uh turned out that somebody canceled so we ended up being able to get a trailer hitched u-haul box so it wasn't a truck but at least it was closable and contained um but we almost yeah we almost uh ended up with an open air trailer and wouldn't you know it the day we moved up to college
1: it was raining Naturally. That's how moving days are. In so fact, I wouldn't even doubt if it rains on the day we move. It probably will. Calling it now. It'll just be torrential downpour. Yeah, I think
0: most days I've moved things either there have been uh rainstorms, or in the case of your sister, hornet storms. There was a hornet storm. That sounds really cool. That sounds really scary. Sounds cool. I'm just imagining like a giant tornado of hornets. Hornet storm. I don't like that. I think that's worse than Sharknado. Yeah. Hornet NATO yeah Mm.
1: well that's worse because every single part of the NATO it's just the worst most
0: painful stinging Weather disaster ever yeah, and uh, I am now gonna go pitch that to a movie studio Uh, But yeah use Trello for that kind of stuff. Make sure you schedule your u-haul rental early. Let's see here. What else? Oh something you and I both did That a friend of mine asked what are you doing when I was doing it and then I was like I'm I'm reading the lease And he said, why? Is that not expected? (laughs) So I think a lot of people just look at their lease when they get it, and they're just like, this is 20 pages of crap. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. They sign it. I would recommend that you read your
1: lease. You know, Which you did that. You read the entire lease. I I spent a good hour reading that lease. I don't read all the electronic terms and conditions, honestly. But when it comes to something like apartment complexes or jobs, when it's big, I read every word. Of that contract before I sign Mm it. Yeah, so I know all the things. Like, for instance,
0: um, some leases have a buyout clause, which states that if you want to, you can actually buy out your lease, often for just one month's rent if you need to leave early. Hmm. So, you know, somebody who didn't know that might think, oh, I can't get out of my lease, and they may make a big life decision for that. Or maybe your lease doesn't have a buyout clause, and then you do make a big life decision, and you end up paying a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. I know that the lease we're on right now doesn't have that. And if we were to leave, it would cost a lot of money. Not now, because we're almost out. But yeah, the way it was like written, if we had left earlier in the lease, it would have cost. We would have had to pay approximately one buttload of money. Approximately. Yeah, that's a technical term. It is rounded, you know, but it is a rounded buttload, not like a square. Yeah, (laughs) that's like a Spongebob buttload. Actually, no, Spongebob's butt is not square. They do show it in the cartoon. Oh, yeah, it's weird and round that's and just true. like weirdly attached to the square sponge. Yes. But, you know, I probably won't w- be linking to that in the show. That's notes. what you come to this podcast for is analysis of SpongeBob, SpongeButt. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, well, let's see what else is on my on my Trello here that I think is important. So, yeah, read the lease, any communication you get from your landlords or whoever is going to help you with coordinating the move save that. I've got an Evernote tag called Denver. Everything that is Denver related it is in there. I know it like back and forth. And then it has been translated into tasks on this um, Trello. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just like stuff related to the apartment, too. There's like register to vote, get a new driver's license, get a new bank account. I got to like things that are important for the move itself, yeah, like attaching your
1: addresses everywhere. Yeah. Mail forwarding. you can go do can mail do forwarding.
0: Yep. You can do that on the United States postal service website and you can actually schedule the date that it's going to start. So you can do it a month in advance. Um, you may have to get like renter's insurance. So I think like if you pay attention to all the communication you get, and then you're just like proactive about looking up ways to maximize your move, you're going to be able to create a pretty good list of, whether it's in Trello or something else. And as long as you just keep up to date on everything that's supposed to be done and do it, you'll be fine. Yeah. My move is way more difficult than probably 99% of other people because I have to move my business. That's true. In addition. that is gross. To my personal life. And that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think I have to like form an entirely new LLC and then do all sorts of weird businessy things. It's no good. I don't even think I get to put on a suit and go shake hands at like a mahogany boardroom table or anything. It's just all online. So it's annoying and not badass. Yeah. Like, what kind of world is this? There's no cigars. There's no scotch. There's nothing. We'll fix it. There's no power colors on your ties. Come on. Uh, But luckily, I do have my lawyer helping me out with it. So yeah. So I'll just I'll take the pain in the form of money rather than headaches and she can deal with smaller headaches because she's smarter than me in those things. Yeah. Um, I also have a list of things to get rid of. And I'm using the, um, what are they called? Labels? Yeah. The colored labels in Trello to mark them as either give slash donate or sell or throw away. So I can organize what needs to go on the side of the road to be picked up by the trash people, what needs to go to the Goodwill and what can be sold on like Facebook Marketplace, which is my favorite now. Like Craigslist is a thing, but Facebook Marketplace is better, and you can only use it on the app on your phone. I think I don't think you can use it on your uh, on your the website and web browser. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird, hmm. but it works really nicely. You can see exactly how many people have viewed your listing. You can look at all the, like the people who have messaged you. The only thing that's giving me anxiety is like the first guy messaged me and he's like, "Hey, I can pick this thing up," and I'm like, "Cool, do it," and. He should be here in an hour or so, but in between that time, like 18 other people have messaged me, and I'm just like, I guess the best course of action is to simply say nothing to them, and then, you know, tell somebody if he doesn't show up, but I don't know. Yeah, I never know how to do that. I don't know. What I should have done is like, so what Facebook should do is let people purchase the thing right away via credit card, then they could take a cut, and then I would know exactly who I was selling it to. Yeah, but they don't do that and they're giving it away for free. So it doesn't matter anyway But anyway, I've got to get rid of list I have a things to buy after moving list, which I know you're pretty excited about doing stuff like that. Yep buying a cast iron pan I'm gonna buy a new couch probably um, Important notes list, which is just like things from the lease that I think we need to know Like you can't hang plants on the balcony and you can't grow on the deck and things like that uh, yeah, and just having this, I've been checking it every day. I've been assigning things to Anna that she needs to take care of. I've been putting due dates on stuff. It is like my moving headquarters slash control panel slash Batcave computer. And it's making things way easier. Yes, it is yeah. much like
1: a Batcave computer.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this is almost an hour. Do you have any
1: anything that sticks out as like... Additional tips for moving. Uh, well, you are you got your list of stuff to get rid of right now. Your donations, your mm-hmm. selling, your whatever. I would like to point out that I did this like 10 months ago. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you and did. And I got rid of 10 to 12 boxes worth of stuff way ahead of time, knowing mm-hmm. that I would hate having to do it now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've got my list of pre and post move requirements, just like you. They're not in Trello, but mm-hmm. I have a list. But... After I get there, one of the important things on my post requirements is I'm going to go to meetup.com and I'm going to look for cool stuff to join. Oh, yeah. Cool organizations and things. You know, it's just like in our Path to College series on the podcast, in the transition to when you get into college and getting used to it. Mm -hmm. One of the most important things we talk about is building your comfort zone because people get so homesick because they've got nowhere where they just feel really that comfortable yet yeah so as soon as I get there one of the first things that I need to do just like a student moving to school is to establish a comfort zone find my favorite places to hang out or relax Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of the three second rule um for no I've heard of the five second rule I've heard of the 20 second rule but not the three second rule Well, five seconds you can eat food off the ground yeah you know that's a rule for life right there you can do something cool Or not cool. Oh, yeah. So
0: the three-second rule is basically like when, say you see a girl at the bar or somebody at um, a networking event. And you think to yourself, I should go talk to that person. The three-second rule is like, within three seconds,
1: make the decision to go do that. Oh, hey, I do that with my friends. When I I I think of them and then I text them immediately. Mm -hmm. Instead of like going, man, maybe they're busy. I don't know. I just, I don't even care. I just text some nonsense. It could be literally just typed nonsense <laughs> just three the word rule. nonsense it's it's easier to communicate and socialize than yeah you make it out to be when you've when you've hyped it up and you've waited for the perfect moment just say some nonsense and it'll work out maybe mm-hmm. So the idea here is to
0: live by the three second rule not to decide on to use the three second rule in an individual case because yeah. like if you're just like all right within three seconds i'm gonna go do it because if you don't like past three seconds that's when the doubts start to creep in, or you're you like, mm, maybe they're gonna think I'm creepy. To. They're they're with their friends. I don't I would be bothering them. And I think uh the three second rule, not in the amount of seconds, but in spirit, creeps into like the way or like your your likelihood to be adventurous and to go do things when you move to a new place. So ride the wave of novelty and enthusiasm right when you move in. And like you said, go do meetup. Or go find some sort of group to join, because if you move in and just immediately like establish a comfort zone of sitting in your apartment no, and no, being a neat like I don't want to be
1: I don't want to be isolated. So <laughs> yeah, immediately do I got to reach out because of course it's going to be uncomfortable at first. But yeah. if you build it into your comfort zone, it'll pay off way better later. When yeah, you're like I moved here for a reason. Otherwise, if I was just moving to stay inside all day, I could move somewhere cheaper mm-hmm. and stay inside all day. I could do that here. Yeah, I
0: definitely agree with that. So yeah, do what you can to get connected and to get outside of your comfort zone right away so that your comfort zone can become established as something that's worthwhile and not just hanging out by yourself. I've actually heard a lot of stories about people who graduate from college, they move to a new city by themselves, they kind of get separated from their friends, and then they don't do anything, you yeah. know, like, especially since I have a lot of engineering and computer science friends who are really into gaming. Some of them left town and they just kind of like go to work, come home, Play video games and like when you talk to them they're just like yeah i don't really know many people yeah. in my city and i, I think that's kind of sad to be honest like yes, to me and
1: It's and i love video games nothing against video games but yeah. it's easy to build a comfort zone that makes every day the same and if every day is the same then decades are gonna just they're gonna be gone in an instant you're not even gonna notice yeah you gotta go out of your way to do something cool
0: yeah exactly so that's uh, so yeah that's an awesome tip to end on um a couple of things i want to mention here number one We did an episode of Listen Money Matters on this topic. We called it, I think we called it How to Move Your Life to a New City or New Location. We'll have that up in the show notes. And Andrew and I went through a lot of related and additional details that I think you will be, you you know, it'll be good for you to listen to those as well if you're moving. Also, there's a lot to this topic. We've been talking for an hour and I could probably think of like 40 more things to say. Yeah. So... If you like this episode and you want to hear more, um, send us questions, like specific questions you have, and at some point we can do a follow up episode where we just tackle a lot of those questions on mass. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot we're missing here, and uh, no, if I you mean, can it's, help it's to taken guide us, more
1: than a year to do it. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of decisions we've needed to make.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you if you're quite if you've got questions, you can use those to guide us in a follow up episode. You can put them in our Reddit community over at collegeinfogeek.com slash community. Um, the comments for this episode, you can tweet them to me. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube, the comments section right below that video is an excellent place. You know, Martin, I can't wait till we're caught up. Yep. Actually, you know. How close are we? We are not that close right now. Because it's March 16th, but what about by the time this comes out on April 10th? We will be really close. We can see the future guys I think I calculated that we would be current by like April 18th or something like that. Oh, that's pretty
1: close actually So yeah, this should
0: this should come out on YouTube pretty shortly after it comes out on the actual podcast feed cool and uh, very soon after that will be current like episodes should be coming out on the channel the day they come out on the feed and I'll be pretty happy when that happens. Yeah, it's kind of weird because there's some people who are on the YouTube channel being like, man, this is great. Like acting like I just recorded it They're like, wow, I can't believe you've talked about Cal Newport so many times and you finally interviewed him like, yeah, I interviewed him like a year ago. (laughs) Yeah. So but a lot of people didn't know about the podcast. So they are thinking that, you know, it's current. And I guess I didn't have the foresight to put like originally published on whatever. It didn't seem that important to me at the time. So anyway, show notes for this episode, you can find them over at cigpodcast.com slash 154. And on that show notes page, you'll find that link over to Listen Money Matters episode if you want to listen to that as a compliment to this one. And you'll also find lots of links to those resources we talked about, like apartments.com and Zillow and Trello and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check that out if a move is in your near future. Um, you'll also find a way to rate and review this show on iTunes. So if you want to support this podcast, you want to see it grow, that's definitely a good way to do it. Or you can go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to that if you liked to, to listen to this uh, episode on YouTube. And I think that's about all we have. So until next time we record, and until next week, stay cute.